0: What's going on, guys? It's me, Shannon Fiedler, and I'm back with Just Like Other Girls. And this is special because this is the first time I've done this as a video podcast. So we'll see how that goes. But it felt like the right moment because I want to talk about something I hold very near and dear to my heart. And that is the Speak Now album. Uh, Obviously, Taylor just released Speak Now, Taylor's version. It is all I've been listening to. I've been sitting with it for about a week now. I have so many thoughts and I just, I have to unpack it and this is my forum. So here we are. Now, the thing about Speak Now is it's a very, it's a very special album to me. Like incredibly special. And I, I don't know if I could say definitively that it's my favorite Taylor record, that would be, like, asking me to pick a favorite child. I, I, like, I just, I don't know. I, I am a big, like, more indie music person sometimes. So, like, Folklore and Evermore really speak to me. I'm a big fan of that. Um, obviously, 1989 is just, like, a good time. Sonically, like, you're just having so much fun. But, like, I can say definitively that Speak Now is the album that in the moment of its release meant the most to me. And I feel like a lot of people that are also millennials will probably relate to that. Like we I have the very fortunate experience of growing up with Taylor. I was kind of like what I think she's 33, I'm 30, so I'm trailing her by 3 years. So she's like she's like the big sister I never had in a lot of ways. I mean, not well, Not in that I don't actually know who she is. Like, I mean, she doesn't know me. We've never spoken. So I guess that would be like a weird sibling relationship. I don't know. I'm an only child. Maybe. Who knows? Kidding. But she is, she's sort of like the big sister I never had because she was going through everything I was going through at the same time that I was going through it. Just like a little bit ahead of me with a little bit more experience, a little bit more hindsight I guess I don't know but I I feel like I had the very fortunate lot in life that I got to grow up with Taylor and when the she was the things she was singing about when she was singing about them were the things that I was sort of going through in my own life and that was never more true than speak now and I I mean it was also true like 1989 it so happened came out like the year that I moved to New York so I was like oh she's literally welcoming me personally to New York that's obviously how I felt but that being said like Speak Now was particularly that for me. Speak Now came out when I was a freshman in college and before that I had listened to Taylor. I loved her but I wasn't like a huge fan in that I wasn't listening to like the album's cover to cover, song to song. I knew Picture to Burn. I knew our song. I knew Love Story. I knew Fearless. I knew the big ones, but I didn't, like the album Fearless, I sort of reacquainted myself with and like got to know the album when she did the re-record. Speak Now was the first time I think that I sat down with really any album, except maybe Maroon 5. Um, It won't be soon before long which is a very special album to me as well. But Speak Now was the first time that I sat down with the Taylor album and I listened to it from track one to however many tracks there are again and again and again. And I remember sitting in my freshman dorm room at my like stupid little desk that they give you and like just listening to these songs on repeat and like feeling them in my bones and talking to my best friend who – from high school who went to a different college and she was also listening to it. And we were like, "Uh, Taylor gets us. This is our experience. And so what happened, obviously this album, Speak Now, is like Taylor growing up. It's like Taylor becoming not just like a kid anymore. And that's how I was feeling in that moment. And it's also Taylor processing young love and young heartbreak. And I was going through that. I was going through my first real heartbroken experience when Speak Now came out everything that I wanted to say that I didn't have the ability to articulate myself yet Taylor was saying for me and I could sing along and I just the album like spoke to me not just in that regard but like it's the first song I really learned how to play on guitar um it inspired me to start trying to write my own songs on guitar they were bad but at least I, I was trying like that those, those guitars I mean I really speak now is the reason that I play an instrument in any real way and like like to write music on my own so it came out of this very Im- important moment it felt so relatable and the songs were so powerful so all of that is context when Taylor was like oh speak now Taylor's version is coming out I was I was always most excited for this re-record again like I said Debut, Fearless. I don't know those albums as well. I'm going to... This is probably like the hottest Taylor Swift take I'll ever have. Red is not my favorite album. All Too Well is obviously a work of fine art, masterpiece, magnum opus. It is my favorite Taylor Swift song. Easy. But the album as a whole is not my favorite. Um, And then, like I said, 1989, Lover. I'm really excited. You know, those are... Those are albums I love as well. I love Reputation too, you know, but it, it never it never held the, the excitement that a Speak Now held. I'm rambling a bit. But my point is when I, when she said she was going to do her re-records, I was always most excited for Speak Now because it was always the one that meant the most to me. And this, now that it's out and now that I've been listening to the Taylor's version of it all, I, it was like an excuse for me to sit down with an old friend because sure, I listen every once in a while, I'll like throw on Enchanted or something like that. But I I haven't sat down and listened to Speak Now start to finish, you know, in a, over a decade. So to be doing that this weekend and then to have all of the vault tracks and all of her new vocals and all of the things that have changed is it's been like truly like catching up with an old friend. And it's been really fun and I've loved every minute of it. Um so i'm I'm excited and I also feel like I feel like it's it's giving me a reason to resit down with the album, but it's also giving me an excuse to to look at the album with like fresh eyes and more grown-up eyes and I I can't even imagine what it's like for Taylor to like go back to all her old work that I'm sure at the time like she probably felt like, oh, I'm such an adult I'm writing about like my adult relationships you know like we all I remember going to college and I was like I'm an adult now and now I look at college and I'm like Your child and so it must be really fun for her to revisit these songs and like see herself you want to talk about hindsight see herself as she was and now not just with I mean obviously the maturity of her songwriting and her vocals and just like she's grown as an artist but also growing as a person and just not even like growing in this like I do my affirmations way but in this like I've just grown up. I've lived through more. I understand these experiences from a different point of view now that I'm looking back on them instead of living through them. But I feel like as a listener, I also got the opportunity to do that. I got to look back at these songs that I cherished and see them from a different perspective. One thing that I will say that I appreciate about the re-record, and I was a little nervous about this re-record only because Part of what's been fun about the re-record is Taylor is mature, right? Her voice is more mature. And it's, it's amazing to hear her sing these songs with these more trained vocal, whatever. She sounds more grown up and there's something really beautiful in that. Some of these songs on Speak Now are undeniably songs from the point of view of someone who is young. Like specifically the title track, Speak Now. That is not a 33 year old song it's it's just not there is something so fairy tale and fantasy and young about that song and i love that even though taylor sounds more mature right we know that she is 33 years old when she's recording this if you listen to the re-record of speak now i don't know how she does it but there is still something about her vocal quality and the inflection and the way that she sings that song She still sounds young and I love that. I love that because you know what? Even though I say, oh, that's not something a 33-year-old would sing or write and I I still stand by that, I don't think it's that, I think we all have younger versions of ourselves that still live in ourselves, like the ones that want to indulge in the fantasy and that want to, you know, I mean, I, I watch so many TV shows about high school because it's like fun to remember that feeling of like young love and all of that and I think there is something really magical about the way that on certain tracks, like a Speak Now or um, even like a Mine, how you can sort of, you can feel her looking back on being young in some way. And so I really love that. I will also say the re-record, in listening to it, there are certain songs that hit me very differently than they hit me the first time for obvious reasons but the one that like really stuck out to me in listening to Taylor's version is Never Grow Up and that is a song that while I love this album and again I listened to it front to front to back a million times I wouldn't say it's like a oh it was a no skips album like I definitely had my favorite songs that I would listen to and Never Grow Up at the time ended up being something that I would skip over. Uh, probably half the time when I was listening to the album, I'd be like, eh, it was slower. And I, I, at that point, the that three-year age difference or whatever it was between Taylor and I, and obviously her life was so different because she was a famous pop star and I was just a freshman in college. But all of the things that she's singing about in Never Grow Up didn't resonate with me quite yet. And I've always been a nostalgic person, even when I was, like, too young to be nostalgic, I was nostalgic. But something about that song, it just, like, it it kind of washed over me and moved on. That's not the case anymore. Oh, my God. That song, like, hurts my heart now. In a beautiful, like, nostalgic way, right? In a way that you're, like... Oh, like to be young, it it feels a little bit like youth is wasted on the young, but it wasn't wasted on Taylor because she had the presence of mind at that moment to write that song and know that like when you're, she was at that, that moment of your life where you stop wishing to be older and you start saying, wow, I wish I'd appreciated what I had when I had it. And there's that line in the song where she's like, I just realized everything I love will someday be gone. I feel that way. And like, here's a funny example. I'm I'm about to get married and I, I'm not, my wedding hasn't happened yet, but I already feel the nostalgia and the the understanding that this big life moment that I've been thinking about my whole life that's like a major milestone in a short amount of time, I'm going to be on the other side of that milestone. It's no longer going to be something I'm thinking about and looking forward to and wondering about and planning and and something to to anticipate. It's going to be something that I look back on and say, wow, that was so wonderful. It was amazing, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's behind me. And I think that that realization is a hard realization when you start to think about all the things that you've already done that you're not going to do again. It can be tough. And I, I think that song, it deals with it in such a beautiful way, especially when you think about the fact that she wrote that song when she was still young enough that you know she wasn't she was still young enough that to have that kind of presence of mind and understanding of what aging means and getting older but it still has this sort of like innocent youthfulness to the melody and the tone and some of the lyrics that she's using and and talking about you know talking about your mom dropping you off blocks away like that's not something that i think if she was writing this song at 33 That might have not been on her radar. You know what I mean? Like that might not have been a detail that made it into the song. It might have been more about like other more recent young experiences about like being in your 20s. Anyway, it's a beautiful song. It has hit me very differently. It has broken me a little bit but also like lifted me up. I don't know. I've listened to it so many times and it's not something that I listened to that often in my initial love of the album. Speaking of my initial love of the album, I want to talk about my OG faves, like the songs that, the reason why I speak now is like so important to me. And there are four songs on this album that I must have listened to every single day for like two and a half years, like no matter what. And that is uh, The Story of Us, Last Kiss, Long Live, and the obvious one, Dear John. And I have to tell you, Dear John walked so that All Too Well could run. Like that is, that song is long. And I remember thinking that even in loving it because it was one of the first songs that I started playing on my guitar. And I remember playing it and I was like, this song has a lot of verses and it, it has a lot to say. And it's slow and it's not trying to get anywhere. It's not a radio song, right? And um, I, that song to me is the precursor all too well in every single way because it's it's telling this story in a meaningful way in a in a deep way in a very personal way and it's just so relatable it's so relatable and I just remember like hearing some of those lyrics and thinking about them and I I have to say you know I when I first was listening to the album obviously I knew it was about John Mayer it's very thinly veiled um But I was also not – I was, like, so wrapped up in my own world of, like, being in college that I wasn't paying attention to any of, like, the celebrity gossip. Um, So I didn't really, like, know too much about what was happening in Taylor's life beyond these songs. I was taking the songs and, like, making them about my own life. Whatever. So I don't actually know all of the backstory around the John Mayer of it all. But I do have to say – I do have to say – I want to thank John Mayer for having such a relatable name. Like, thank you for being John. You know, thank you for not being like Edwin or Derek. Like, your name is John. Every, who among us has not felt the need to sing a breakup song to someone with the name of John? I mean, I think, I think that's like a rite of passage for most women. So I, <laughs> I just want to thank him for having a name that was so easy to connect with as a young person listening to this album. And I, it's just, you know, it's perfect. And obviously, you know, it works so well with a Dear John letter, but I, I, I think there's something, the universality of that alone, you know, they always say don't date J names. Anyway, I think that is, is something that adds to this song, that I think a lot of people can, can put a really clear face to the name in this song when they're listening to it. So those were the songs that I was like listening to. And again, I told you, I was like going through my first breakup, my first heartbreak. I was 18 years old and just like, you know, and and, you know, she's saying, don't you think 19's too young? I mean, I wasn't dating someone older than me, but I was like, it is too young. Like, ah. And I, I just, I remember feeling that so vividly. And I also remember feeling Long Live and Last Kiss, I think are these like beautiful pairing of songs that go together that just are like this idea of, something ending that last kiss is, is funny because it's this idea of something ending that you never expect to end where long live is this idea of something ending that you sort of know is going to end but you decide to romanticize and enjoy that final moment and I think relationship or not I think long live is a really I feel so lucky to have had that song come out when I was transitioning from high school to college because I think... I mean, that's what the song feels like it's about, even though it's fairy tales and kings and queens. and but The baseball cap. Like, it's all very... It just feels to me like this idea of... And I did have this sort of nostalgia already at that time of, I know I'm very happy right now. I, I love my friends. I, I'm very content. And I know it's all going to go away. So... How can I memorialize this in my own memory? These memories break our fall. What a line. Oh my God, your heart breaks to hear that. How can I memorialize this moment of what it means to be 17, 18 years old, happy, enjoying these things, knowing that there's so much more goodness that will come? Um, I just remember hearing the line, if you have children someday, when you show them the photos, please tell them my name. And I just remember... Again, going from high school to college at that moment and thinking about what I was going through in my life, like that lyric, I was like, I was like, I want this tattooed across my chest. Like, I just, and it was so beautifully poetic, but also, like, it's a very mature thought. You know what I mean? This idea of, I know I'm going to go away. I know this isn't going to last forever. We're not ending on the bad terms of Dear John or even a back to December where it's my fault or whatever. We're ending on good terms, we're just ending. So just make sure that like in your history books, I exist. And I think that's just like a beautiful way to look back on something that is wrapped up kind of nicely and neatly with a bow. Um, And I I love that. Uh, The other songs that really I loved at the time, like I said, I. Never Grow Up was not one of the ones that was on my radar. It is now. I also, I wasn't like a big Haunted stan back then. I I didn't listen to that one. It was like a little too dark for me. I was in like my sad girl era, not my like rage girl era. Um. So, but I love it now and I love hearing that. And it's like, it's to me, it's such a like, something else is going to come out of this girl. Like you're going to get reputation someday. Like Haunted feels like that. But I also like mean is just like, such a bop, so fun and I love hearing her sing it as an adult now in the re-record. I love Speak Now. I feel like sometimes that song gets a little hate because it is this sort of like random story fairy tale thing but I I love it. I love it for what it is. It feels just like fun and and flirty and and cute. Um, I also, Better Than Revenge was a big favorite of mine because I just like, that was so fun because this album, when I think about this album. Before the re-record, I, I, I thought of it as like this, the Dear John album. You know what I mean? And there was like this sort of recurring theme and and sadness and slowness to it. And then in re-listening to it and remembering it, I'm like, oh, there's actually a lot on this album, like Haunted, Better Than Revenge, Sparks Fly. Like there's a lot of different sounds. And I think it's fun to see Taylor start to experiment with some of those sounds. And Better Than Revenge is is just so fun Um, I don't know how I feel about the lyric change. I'm going to be honest with you here. Uh, I totally understand why she did it, and I get it. Um, I think, you know, I I talk about this. I've talked about this before, like, with TV shows. Like, I don't think we can hold art that was made in a different era to the standards of today because things change. Um, And I can see where that line, she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress uh, if written in 2023, would be, like, wildly anti-feminist. Maybe it was at the time. I just thought it was funny at the time. Uh, and, like, the new line, the, like, he was a mot- she was a moth to the flame, he was the matches, or vice versa, whatever. I don't mind that she changed it. I'm just sad that it loses some of, like, the bite and the humor and the, like, I I love the honesty in this album and that Taylor has in in all of her songs when she's, she's not always the hero in her songs. And I think that's something I really appreciate about her. And she's not the hero in Better Than Revenge. She's wildly unlikable. She's someone seeking out revenge and saying mean things about someone. And who hasn't done that, right? Like you get mad at someone or like your ex starts dating someone else. You don't know this girl at all. And you're just like, oh, she looks like she's blah, blah, blah. Like... It's not a good thing to do. I don't. I would never promote that we do that. But come on. We've all been there. Where your friend's like. Oh my god. You're way better than her. Like it's just. It's human nature. And I love how honest better than revenge is. About that experience. And that feeling of being like. I'm mad at you. Because you're with my guy now. And I don't. Mind that she changed the line. She's better known for the things that she has on the mattress. I get the point of changing it. But I wish the new line had, like, the bite and the anger and the bitterness. That song is bitter as hell. And it's fun. It's fun because there aren't a lot of songs that lean into that emotion. There's a lot of happy songs. There's a lot of sad songs. There's a lot of love songs. But this just, like, I'm bitter and I'm unlikable. Um, Obviously, I feel like Enchanted was, like, this slow burn of, like, it just, even though we're getting farther and farther away from when it came out, it just keeps getting more and more and more popular. And I like it more and more and more. And it is, like, truly one of the most beautiful songs. Um, so that's been fun to re-listen to as well. And, you know, mine, Sparks Fly, great songs. I So funnily enough, Back to December, which was, like, the big song of the album, never been my favorite. Still not my favorite. I like the song. I'll listen to it. But it's not... It doesn't do for me what Long Live does, even though it, yeah, to me, Back to December and Long Live play in similar sandboxes, and Long Live, to me, built this, like, incredible award-winning sand palace, and Back to December is just, like, a good castle that someone made, but not, like, a prophet. like, this is the dumbest metaphor I've ever made, but they're, they're, the songs feel similar to me, and Long Live just, like, really does it for me. Specifically to the re-record so far of the Taylor's versions, can we all agree that these are the best vault songs? Like, I, I, I love them so much. And the vault songs are fun. They're fun because it's interesting to think about, like, why they didn't make the album in the original cut and what side of her they're showing and some of them some of them you listen you're like I kind of get why this didn't make the original album and some of them you listen to and you're like why have I been deprived of this song for 10 years if it existed and like so what she's re-recorded Fearless and Red this is the third Taylor's version speak now the Fearless Vault songs are fun I like Mr. Perfectly Fine total bop love that the rest of the Fearless Vault songs I haven't really gone back and listened to very much um the Red Vault songs All too well 10 minute version aside, that is like, you know, that's that's something different if you ask me that is that lives in its own stratosphere of everything to me because that's the most perfect thing ever. Um, The Red Vault songs, a lot of them are songs that we already knew, right? Like Babe or uh, Better Man. They're just like songs that now Taylor is singing. Um, I love Nothing New. And I wish Nothing New had been on the original album. I think that would have, like, changed my perception of Red a little bit. But, like, anyway, my point is, the vault songs on Speak Now, every single one of them, I just, I love. There's there's one. There's one vault song that I'm like, nah, I don't care that much for it, and it's Castle's Crumbling. I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I get this vibe from other songs. But I think what's really cool about the vault songs on Speak Now is they like offer a kind of a view into, like I can see you. If that song had been on Speak Now, I think a lot of people would have like raised an eyebrow and been like, "Whoa, who is this girl?" Because the, the the sort of like sweetness fairy tale the Taylor, I feel like Speak Now was like this absolute culmination of the Taylor that we had known and gotten to fall in love with in debut and fearless and then she was like i'm a princess and i'm be- and like i'm writing these lovely love songs and w- like it just felt like such a and then she started to veer right obviously like red is she's singing i knew you were trouble and then from there 1989 is just like pop 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 album and then reputation is obviously such a different phase but i can see you could easily have like led us into "I knew you were trouble" or "Reputation." Like, there, it's so fun and like, kind of, it's sexy and and we don't get much sexy Taylor until "Reputation." I think there's hints of it. Like, obviously, style, we understand that she's like having this relate, but like the true like sexy Taylor, "I can see you" is is the the first sexy Taylor we get, um, and we didn't get it for so long uh what else is on that um foolish ones I love that song I love it I love it so much and I just I think there's so many good songs oh electric touch electric touch also feels so different than anything else that's to me it feels so different than anything else on the speak now album and I'm like I sort of see why I can see you electric touch why they didn't make the cut of the original album because they they don't feel quite as cohesive. Although I th- I would argue that they could fit in with haunted pretty well. But I don't know. I I these are my favorite vault songs. I have listened to the vault songs again and again on this record in the week that I've I've had the ability to and and I love them more and more and more. And it's fun to hear them these new songs paired with the songs that were so dear to me for so long and and sort of try and you know think about how they all blend together I don't know I just I love it I love I love this album I love the re-record I love how her voice sounds how she's straddling the line between like still sounding appropriate to the song but also bringing that that depth and maturity that we know she has I love that she's the only writer on this album And I love it for two reasons. I love it because she proved she could do it and it's so impressive and I've always said she's the best songwriter, lyricist ever. Her and Springsteen to me, like you can't beat, those are the two lyricists. Everybody else is just trying their best. Um, But I also love that she did it. She wrote this whole album and then she was like, okay, and now, now I'm open to collaborating with other people and I think... You know, those collaborations have obviously made her so much stronger. And for myself as a writer and someone who is a creative, like, I think there's often a lot of pressure that I want to be like, no, I did this and I did this myself. And I love that there are things like a, my version of a speak now where I could say, yeah, this is 100% me. But I also love how, how it feels like her doing this and then not doing it again just makes me personally feel like, yeah, there's a lot of good that comes from collaboration. This album has meant so much to me for so long. I I remember, like I said, I remember sitting in my dorm room and just listening to some of these songs and just crying and just feeling so seen. I also remember driving. I went to school in Vermont, so I remember driving with some friends to go skiing, and we were all singing, I am not the kind of girl. Like, just loving it and the fun of that song and I remember I remember feeling really like vindicated with mean not that I had lived through any experience like that but I was like yeah all you are is mean and just like the fun of that song and and then I remember coming home from college and writing a song that I had like modeled off of Dear John and just like trying to it just made me like it made me fall in love with her style of music and writing in a way that her previous albums, while I loved them and like enjoyed them, this one hit a chord with me that then I started to bring that experience of relating to these songs and listening to the lyrics and looking for her very specific detail. This girl is a master of detail. And again, I think it starts in Dear John with the The small the bigger details of how you kiss me when I was in the middle of saying something to your handshake, meeting my father, like the specificity of the lyrics in the song then come into the your mom showing me pictures, the refrigerator light, the red scarf there is there is that very human unrelatable in its specificity, but because of that so relatable way that she writes in these sagas that are these songs the back-to-back track fives and I don't know I just I love this I love this album and I love I loved listening to it in the moment when I needed it when I needed to relate to it when when it came out and I was a teenage girl who was like screaming these songs from the rooftops and like some of them too you're like you put so much more importance on your own life and you're like yeah I've been through that and you're like and now you look back at it and you're like, oh my God, that was such a silly experience. But in the moment it feels so real and fun. And now to hear it as a full-blown adult and think about how I felt in that moment. And you know, people are always talking on TikTok, right? They're like, um, you know, like when Fearless was coming out and they're like, Yeah, I'm happily married and but I'm gonna sit here and sing that's the way you loved me. And I I don't feel that way, but I do, it's fun. It's fun to look at it from the perspective of someone who is grown up, who can look back on certain things and be like, okay, this is what I went through, who is about to get married, happily in a relationship, like no need to write a dear Pat letter. You know what I mean? Like it's fun. It's fun to look back on that moment, but have a new sort of POV on it, which is what. The Taylor's versions are allowing us to do and like obviously I understand that this is so she can own her music and that's amazing and I, I think it's incredible and I can't even you know I mean I could talk about that all day and gush about it but I also think it's just like a cool thing to go back to things you did when you were young and revisit them from a different perspective and not change them too much but change them just enough It's been a joy. I've loved listening to it. I hear 1989 is coming out next. That is probably... uh, That one is also very important to me. This is the most important album to me, but 1989 is probably number two. Again, I don't want to play favorites. I can't because, like, how do you... Comparing 1989 to folklore is, like, apples and oranges or, like, dance clubs and sad hangouts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're totally different vibes, but they're both amazing, but... I, I can't wait to continue to go on this journey with her, to hear the vault songs, to hear her new perspective on how she felt at different points in her life. I like honestly am so excited for debut the re-record because like I don't even remember listening to more than like picture to burn and our song off of debut. I'm sure I did, but like she was so young then, and and I almost I wonder if she's gonna re-record that one last and have just like this big span of time and. I don't know it's been a joy if you are a Taylor Swift fan I'm sure you've loved it just as much as I have uh I loved it even more than I thought I would these the re-records and the Taylor's versions of it all um and it's been so fun and I was so excited for this one and it lived up to my expectations and surpassed them in every possible way so long live Uh, until next time I'm Shannon Fiedler this was just like other girls and I'll see you later